de Groot, thank you very much for joining us once again. Number one, singles and doubles. Does that ever get old? <laughs> um, n no, it doesn't get old. Y you get used to it a little bit. Like I think um, uh, in the beginning, especially, th for example, first Wimbledon ever Grand Slam title that will always be so special. I don't think um, cr recreating that feeling is, is, is possible. Um, but still, like it's it's unique, it's special, and you need to enjoy it sometimes, so it doesn't get old. Recreate that feeling for us. Ooh, um, it's 2017, so it's quite a long while ago, uh, or at least it feels like a long while ago. I think like I was so new to everything. Still, it was only my third Grand Slam ever, um, uh, so th that was very special. Uh, to begin with, the first time on grass, also very special. I had no clue what grass was. Um, so everything was new and I think the whole Wimbledon feeling, um, I enjoy it. I still enjoy it the same way as I did that first time. Like it's so unique. Um, it's so special and authentic, I think is the right word. Um, so yeah, just an overall happy feeling to always get back to that Grand Slam. That's so super. And then, of course, you've won it three times now in singles. Yes. And so how has the feeling changed with every victory? Um, so it's uh, it's actually a little bit funny that the first one that wasn't that nervous, like I was just happy to play. I, I remember that second one, I was playing my fellow countrywoman, Anique van Koot, and um, I was nervous like I'd never been before. Um so I was defending my title, which was new to me. I, at that year I'd been playing all the Grand Slam, but defending a title was new to me. So that was, that was very nerve wracking. Uh, playing my countrymen was nerve wracking. Um, there were some other people in the, in the crowds that was nerve wracking. So everything about that final was, uh, uh, yeah, nerve wracking to, to, to be fair. So um, um, I won it, but um, not in a pretty way, I don't think. Going back to the fact that you were defending a title, how does that change the psychology? So it, it changes because you know you've done it once, so you sort of know you can do it again, but also how do you do it again? Like, I think in tennis, you play against the same opponents, I think, especially for us, because the draws are a little bit smaller. So you play against the same opponents maybe a few times a year, so you know you can do things, but also every match is different. And that goes for tennis, just every point is different. Um, circumstances are different, the surfaces are different. So um, last week I won against the same opponent maybe very easily, and this week it can be hard. Um, so that's why tennis is very unpredictable, and I think that is also the, the thing that makes it nervous. So we've gone through your first and your second Wimbledon. What about the third one? The third one was really special because I got to play on court two for the very first time uh, for wheelchair tennis ever. So that was very special. And um, also in a year, like it was it was COVID back then. So we were in a very, very tight lockdown. Um, I hadn't seen my cousin who lives in London uh, for about three years at that point, And she got to watch. So it was so special for me. And um, uh, having her there, even though the rest of the tournaments I had to play alone. Um, and also at that tournament, we weren't allowed to socialize with anyone. Like we were in a very strict bubble. Uh, and I remember her being there with all of her friends. I didn't really know them, but they were still rooting for me. Um, so, yeah, that was something very special as well. And, and being accepted, the feeling, uh, getting to 
to play on one of the big courts is very special because it it shows that the Grand Slam is trying to help us promote wheelchair tennis and yeah that was that was also a different one. So now you're very experienced and a three-time champion in singles you've won also the doubles how does it make you feel when you when you go in this year? This how year. How does it make you feel? Um, so at the moment I'm trying to take on any challenge that I can get so any ch- challenge like a new chair or uh, a new playing style and for grass you really need to adapt to the grass it's like I said it's so much tougher to push um, and it really gives gives wheelchair tennis a, a challenge and it gives me a challenge and I like to take that on um, so yeah I'm just really happy to to sort of have like a big uh, big goal to try and be as good as I can. A lot of tennis players and athletes don't really like to make adjustments especially when they've been successful so what is it about your mindset that doesn't like doesn't mind changing and, and trying new things? I think the fun thing about new things is that you you have to work really hard to sort of get into the same success so um, I think when things are going well like for me um, I don't have to change anything. I, I can just do the same thing and be successful, but that would, wouldn't be fun. I think the challenge makes it fun, and that's why I'm still eager to play, and, and, and that challenge motivates me. So I think for me it's necessary to have a little bit of a goal or, or a challenge, um, and that's why I think it's so much more fun. That's extraordinary. How long, if you were to change your chair, how long would you need to adjust to it before a competition? Um, so it's a long process for a new chair. Um, I'm actually going to try it after the US Open. So after the seasons of the Grand Slams is finished, I still have some big tournaments afterwards, like the like the end of year uh, finals. But still, um, I, like I want to do it because I think it will be the next step for me to go from this chair that I have now, which is already completely different to all of the other chairs, and then sort of perfect it. So try and see if I can make the things that are... Um, not completely perfect try and make them perfect and um, yeah it's a fun process because you you get to try things out and see like oh maybe I can adjust this or this and then um, yeah have a few new things go can you reveal what those changes would be and what's not quite perfect now and what could be Um, yeah I could I could definitely tell you I think it's a very complicated story but it's got to do a little bit with the position of how I'm seated at the moment uh, which is a very big strain to my back Uh, so we're going to try it a little bit less extreme so that I'm um, um, yeah hopefully that it's it's less less effort for my back to uh, to play in the chair Um, and also we're going to do a little bit of a change to the footrest um, and hopefully that will make it better as well. And so that's really a comfort thing and a performance thing? Yeah, so I think uh, my back has been a problem for the last three years now. Um, so uh, like it's a, it's a comfort thing, but also like it, it ha- holds me back in performing. Uh, so that's why it's, it's also a performance thing. So how much work are you doing off the court then to strengthen your back and make sure that it holds up in competition? so much I think it's uh, maybe even more uh, than tennis um, uh, I like to combine it I also like to do things a little bit differently so I try to train my physical strength on the court 
uh, maybe more than off court, like in the gym. Um, I think that really helps me because on court is where I need the strength. So if I can, uh, if I can get it the way that I'm, I'm strong in the chair, then that helps me uh, playing tennis. So, um, yeah, I, I try to work on it as much as I can. Given all your accomplishments, it's incredible, all the titles you've won. I mean, you could literally just stop now. So what drives you? What keeps this growth mindset that you have? So I think those little challenges that I take on really help me to still going. I feel that I can still be better. Um, like, my serve hasn't been my strength, but it can be. And that's what I'm still uh, aiming for. And... I think those little challenges that I set for myself still keep me going and I'm still having fun. Um, and also the things I think after um, after Tokyo, so many things uh, um, got to me, like media and uh, like little events that I got to do. Uh, also coming here in London, I got to go to Hurlingham Club and do some like activation stuff. Um, so there's so many new things coming uh, coming along, so that's really nice as so well. You're not, it sounds like you're not only just trying to progress your career, but you're trying to actually promote wheelchair tennis as a whole. Yeah, definitely. And I think that sort of adds to my career, like it adds a different dimension and it's fun. Um, so like uh, I'm, I'm still playing tennis. I'm still uh, trying to win as many titles as I can, but at the same time I'm trying to uh, also broaden my career and yeah make it also go in a different way that I can maybe after tennis still uh, be active. What are your plans after tennis? Oh I don't know yet. <laughs> um, I, I think the way that things are going out like I still have the games in front of me so that's going to be Paris um, I'm going to be 27 by that time, I think. So, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still young by then. So um, I don't know if I, if I continue. I think I will because things are still going well. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really enjoying myself doing different things besides the tennis court. So um, maybe a, a little bit more of a combination of those two. Is the one thing on court that you haven't managed to achieve? Um, be a good follier. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I think for me, the um, the titles, like, because people keep saying, like, oh, you, there's nothing else you can win, or, but for me, it's all about playing. Like, I don't. They say, like, the records of Esther Vergeer, for example. Uh, are you trying to beat them? But like that's not my goal at all. Because what if she has 21 and I stop my career? I have 20. I'm going to be miserable. So that's definitely not something that I'm trying to achieve. I'm just trying to be happy and uh, win as much as I can. And of course, by doing so well, you're also promoting the game. And how have you seen facilities in wheelchair tennis improve over the years? Oh, so much. I think it's uh, it's very fun to be a wheelchair tennis player at the moment. Um, so many especially the Grand Slams um, the draws are getting bigger especially this year there's been a huge change uh, US Open 16 now which is very special for us and I think is a huge improvement because that means more players will be able to be professional tennis players um, I think um, tournaments like Eastbourne they're trying to get wheelchair tennis included which is very good uh, so all of those changes are really helping us. And um, uh, yeah, I think we're more seen these days, so that helps. We all know about wheelchair tennis in the Netherlands, how good it is. You mentioned Esther Vergeer, who's an absolute legend there, and yourself as well. In Britain here, we're putting a lot of money and financing it. Are there other countries that you're starting to see make more investment in wheelchair tennis? 
Yeah, I actually think because people are still talking about the uh, the history of, of the Netherlands and their wheelchair tennis player, I actually think other countries now are are like keeping up or even doing better. Um, look at Great Britain, definitely wanna, they have so many juniors coming up. Um, uh, France is doing well, Japan is doing so good with, uh, with the Tokyo Games. They really took it to the next level, trying to prepare their players as as good as they could um and yeah i think that goes for for more countries these days and you have a traveling coach as well with you does that help um your performance for sure yeah my coach is very important for me um she goes wherever i go and uh she she knows me so well we've been working together for about eight years now i think so for a very long time so we know each other very well so um, she knows when I need a little bit more relaxing time or she knows when, when I need to, you know, uh, sometimes we say in Holland, get a kick on the butt <laughs> or the bum. <laughs> um, like uh, when I need a little bit more extra pushing. And she knows exactly how to how to do that with me. And uh, um, I think it's just a, a really good relationship that we have. And do you work with a sports psychologist as well? So many pl- tennis players do these days. Oh yeah, yeah, like I think it's necessary for tennis especially. It's such a difficult sport in uh, the mental aspect. So um, yeah, I think without it um, there's going to be a point where you're going to be feeling lost, I think. Do you have someone that you can call on tap or is it a sort of a weekly thing and you talk to uh, um, a specialist? It's like a thing where I, I tell her where whenever I need more but it's it's like a set thing so it's it's definitely every two weeks and then when I need a little bit more extra help I I can definitely call her and uh, have more help. I've taken a lot of your time but just finally if you could describe the Wimbledon Championship say in three words. Three words? I know that's tricky isn't it? Yeah I think it's it's gonna be most special tournament.